Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. Thank you for joining us here on another Monday. Jordan is back from the dead, his absence. You just left me and BC in here last year to just talk amongst each other. Well, it felt like last year, I guess, but <laughs> I was on vacay last week. Cool, cool, cool. Um, things to get into. If you are listening on this very Monday, that means that in two days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, on Wednesday, we will be at Rick's in Starkville um, doing a live podcast with our friends Hunter and Austin from Spring Legion. We'll be there from 6 to 8 p.m. Should be just a swell time. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Don't really know what we're doing, but we're going to be there to participate. <laughs> we're going to be podcasting, man. i tell you a couple of things that we are going to be doing. Sitting on uh, on the desk of the, the studio right now, so to speak, we have uh, some of the some of the uh giveaway items from slick. yeah so we have jordan's holding right now we'll do a, a video of these and get them on social media so what it sounds uh, like uh yeah need some chalk on it boys Needs a little chalk need that, some chalk so that is a custom mill shop box call um with a mossy oak gamekeeper decorated lid uh says msu on the diamond and on the bottom of it it says hell state and speak the language up under it you and then we won't field test this uh, slate call because I want to let the first person that owns it rough it up like they won't have. But we also have a custom pot call uh, has a outline like a silhouette of the state of Mississippi. And it says Hell State. And it says speak the language. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll be giving away. We've got two of each of those. So we've got two box calls, two pot calls uh, from the custom meal shop. We have, we're going to have some Primo's swag. I don't know what all that's going to be quite yet. We're still, uh, I guess, gathering it. Uh, going to have some federal premium stuff to give away. We are also, for the grand finale, we are going to be giving away. Thank, thank you to our friends at Second Amendment Outdoors in Corinth, Mississippi, we are giving away a ready-to-go turkey gun. It's got a red dot. It's got the choke. I mean, all you got to do is pop a tungsten shell in there and roll on. 410. 410 gauges is what it is. That's all. You know, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I didn't really know what the gauges meant. Yeah. <clears throat> Why is it opposite? I don't know. You think I, about 12, you think smaller, right? If, if I'm being real honest. I mean, you think about 410, you think you shouldn't have a cannon. Yeah, if I'm being real honest, I still don't fully understand why it's that way. I've, I mean, I've come to understand it now. Like, yeah, the higher the number goes, like, you know, the smaller it is per se. Well, yeah. Well, think about rifles, though. That's different. Yeah. A 22. Mm-hmm. Small number. Yeah. 308. Fair. Yeah. So it gets yeah. bigger. Why is that? But I think on a 308, it's a point three oh eight, ain't it? Yeah. So I guess maybe that is smaller. Well, but still, number. though, I mean, we'll think about, again, go back to your, uh, like, I mean, a 410 is a point four ten. I mean, there's a little dot in front of it. I guess so. I don't know. We need somebody that actually understands guns. I mean, this is a Jimmy Primo's <laughs> question is what this is. We done got off into something we don't know nothing about. I know what the gun But it, we will be giving one of those point four tens away mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at this here shindig that we're going to be uh, putting on. But it's, it's going to be a good time. Um, I think Spring Legion is going to bring 
some merchandise to sell i think i mean there, it, you know, there'll be all kinds of fun stuff we're going to talk about turkeys i've been trying to line up some pretty interesting topics to talk about to keep everyone's attention um i mean because i mean you think about it that wednesday february the 23rd i mean you're you're not on the you're not on the edge of turkey season but you're seeing it i mean like it's almost here at that that's, point that's that is the time to start kind of getting the ears out there in the woods yeah. and seeing if you can hear yeah. old gobbler singing to the treetops yeah so we're going to be we're going to also be doing a q a for anyone that wants or needs to ask a question that will be an option available to them um so yeah it's going to be a good time um if you're anywhere in i mean you don't even have to be in the starkville area if you feel the need to drive up there come hang out yep. six six to eight we'll be there talking turkey hunting mm-hmm. i'm very much looking forward to it yeah very very much looking forward to it moving on to the next thing this is probably one of the this is this is my favorite thing that has happened to this podcast since we moved into this new studio so when we first moved in here we took a picture and we showed you our our island of misfit toys our island of misfit taxidermy Mm -hmm. that we've just amassed in here so a fellow by the name of carson from north carolina took it upon himself to reach out and say hey i've got some taxidermy that fits the bill for y'all's studio he wasn't lying he was not like here's the thing here's how the this is how the pot thick the plot thickens so this box came in like we'll take a picture of this too but when we're when we're done uh this box came in jordan and i opened it we're looking at it and you know just ogling at this funny taxidermy that he sent i mean that is fits perfectly in this office and uh we made the remark that like man that was a that was a pretty good squirrel there before the dog got a hold of it here's where it gets more interesting so carson who i believe to be in high school he mounted that squirrel himself for a school project really yes that's uh it's pretty impressive want to look at that for a career (laughs) so the only thing's wrong with it is the dog kind of tore up the nose and tore up one of his paws yeah. Do you call it a paw on a squirrel? I don't know. Foot, well, foot. One of his hands. I don't know. One of his feet. And then he sent us a, a walleye mount as well. And that walleye, I'm sure for the the time when that walleye was mounted, it was probably top of the line taxidermy it's, for its day. It's vintage now. Yeah, it's got some age on some it. Some vintage. Needless to say, though, we have a new walleye and a new squirrel to hang here in the podcast studio so carson from north carolina thanks so much for listening and uh thanks for sending that in that made made our day that's some funny stuff yep yep for sure um primo select turkey calls how why did how why do i why do i not have a mouth helper and you do i had to do some sneaking and bending around to get one I just got online. Yeah, i know the mouth helpers are as far as the box calls and the pot calls i'm not sure yet um but that's what when i did that video i was showing them because so like these these primo select turkey calls i mean we get excited for new products all the time but you know how it is i mean they can't all be the same level of excitement so i would say i mean you can speak for yourself here but speaking for me i've been more excited about this particular new line of calls than i have been for in a long time for anything we've come out with in the spring well on the mouth yippers i mean it's been pretty much two seasons worth of kind of fine-tuning what we wanted right and yeah. uh you know 
that's that's why to me it's kind of been a build up build up every year we've been working towards it and now we finally see the yeah. end, end results so, mm-hmm. so like it, it, the primo select thing it's interesting because in, in some ways it's a throwback kind of a salute to some of the staple products that made primos what it was like the heartbreaker box calls mm-hmm. coming back with the original heartbreaker the double-sided and the little heartbreaker the single-sided which was always my favorite um coming back out with the jackpot slate call um and then the freak call which the freak was it wasn't i think the heartbreaker came out first but the freak wasn't too terribly far behind it i don't think Mm -hmm. Uh, but those are like like you said yeah those are an homage those are bringing back some resurrecting some older stuff these these line of yelpers this is new stuff yeah i was uh watching youtube uh video the other day from some of our throwback stuff and it was brad Mm -hmm. down at uh and uh mississippi yep and the opening of the shows in that video yeah and it's a scene in there with wilbur scratching on that freak strapped to his leg i'm telling you man i can like i can remember going to walmart and buying a freak that the one i bought had crystal surface it had a picture of brad on it with a turkey fanned out and i was so excited about that call oh yeah um and that was one of the few like truth about spring turkey hunting videos that the name wasn't just like mo- the vast majority of the videos across the board like right now we're talking about truth about spring turkey on it would just say the truth 14 about spring turkey on mm-hmm. you know the one when the freak came out it would it said like the truth i want to i think it was 15 but it said truth 15 about spring turkey hunting freaked out like it had like a little tag on to the title right not many of them had that but I remember that call, and it's, so that's exciting that those came out. But like I said, all the other calls, the the pot calls we're coming back out with, the the box calls, that's just resurfacing resurfacing some older calls that were very popular, and people have been asking for Primos to come back out with for a mm-hmm. while. So very excited about that. But yeah, these Yelpers, um, that's been a whole another type of excitement because we, I I personally, um, since I've been at Primos, that's the most involved that i've seen the video team be with making some calls this podcast is brought to you by on x hunt the app that has completely changed the game and helps you increase your success rates every time you go out in the field it's something that we legitimately use every single day doesn't matter if we're talking elk hunting deer hunting duck hunting upland hunting bass fishing it does not matter we don't go a day without using on x hunt public and private land boundaries the new crop filters the new 3d mapping system there is not a time where onyx cannot help you and they update it all the time which helps you increase your success rates so go and check out the onyx hunt app today use the promo code primos20 to get 20 percent off your onyx hunt membership yeah and with me I got. I have such a weird way I blow a mouth call, mm-hmm. and like I, I'm very like I can't just pick up any mouth call and be able to make a decent mm-hmm. noise with it. And I still can't yelp that great, but yeah. um, kind of being able to dissect and figuring out what works for me personally, and then putting it into this, and it's really, you know, I for for mm-hmm. once I've got a call like yeah, that 100% what is what works for me. Yeah, I rem- So the first mouth call that I got that. uh I was like, I really like this call was when like a long time ago when Primos came out with like the signature edition calls. Yeah. And there was the Troy Ruiz one. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's, that's how I figured out that 
a bat wing or a bat cut, whatever you call it, style call is what works best for me personally. Yeah. And you talking about like um, you not being able to pick up just anything. Like most of the time, there's been a couple exceptions, but most of the time, if it's not some kind of a bat bat cut, bat wing type of a call, I don't blow it all that well. I'm a very cut specific person when it comes to a mouth yelper but at the same time that's probably 90 to 95 percent of what i'm using yeah like i love a mouth call and so getting to be that involved with uh developing one now i'm not trying to paint the picture like jordan and me and troy and brad and will are out there stretching the reeds like i, I wish i could do that i don't no. know i don't know how i know right as turkey season ended this past spring man you made a trip because it was fresh on our mind what was working mm-hmm. we made we made a trip down there to our our mouth call place and uh we were able to spend a day with them and yeah and uh work together with them and it's, it's really cool seeing how it all ended up coming together mm-hmm. That's definitely what, a team effort no doubt i mean all we did was just figure out yeah what worked for the, us and then we tried to make it work for everybody too you know mm-hmm. and they would kind of tweak and listen to us and then well let's change this let's change you know let's change this space in here blah 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 and uh that's what i was showing like the other day because i've got the the first the the first one that i got of the call that's now being sold the ps4 yelper there's ps1 ps2 ps3 and ps4 uh yelpers and uh the four it the first one that i got that is exactly like the one that's getting in packaging now i've still got it because i was hunting with it in michigan last spring yeah and it's got the green hook hunter tape on it because mm-hmm. we now if you look at them now the package and they all have like that forest green um tape but yeah i'm very very proud excited pumped about those calls because i think a lot of other people are going to like them too yeah because that was i mean being completely honest like i said the the fours came out and i got handed one in the packaging and i was like i wonder is this going to be like the one that i got built for me while i was down there and that's the one i did that instagram story with because i put it in my mouth i was like hot diggity yeah we got it you know so those calls are are worth a look and like i said everyone is different so if you look and everyone across the video team had input in these and so since we're all different there's all different styles of cuts in there so Mm -hmm. i think y'all will be able to find something that you like i'm very excited about them mucho excited yep that's gonna be fun and man it's getting closer and closer every day to going and using them out actually in the woods Mm -hmm. uh Looks like we're going to be heading to South Florida. South Florida. Uh, opening week of South season, so we're excited about that. That's not but just a couple weeks away. How could you not be excited I about know, that? I yeah. know. That's going to be good. I don't know where in the world we're all going to end up. I know we're probably going to do some, some stuff in the north zone, too. Right. Um, That'll be later in March. Yeah, I've got to I've, – I've got – before we start going into spring – right before you started recording i told you i had something good mm-hmm. but i didn't want to tell you what it was yet mm-hmm. i just thought it was interesting so i you know how i am you know how add i am very much i was looking at i was honestly i was looking at the select calls and i started looking at you know i was looking at the slates and then i started i was trying to figure out when uh when the freak came out and then i started thinking about the jackpot and then i looked at the jackpot and it said with pennsylvania slate and so I started thinking again. Again, it's hard to track where my brain goes because I'm ADD. But I started thinking about the whole Pennsylvania slate thing. I started doing research on that. I stumbled upon there's a website. It's like this particular newspaper out mm-hmm. of Pennsylvania. 
that you can look up their archives. I don't know how far back they go, but I found an article written in the general newspaper in Pennsylvania in 1984. The title, I'm going somewhere with this. The title of this is Turkey Hunting is Big Business in Pennsylvania. Turkey hunting has become big business in Pennsylvania within the past decade. The sales of calling devices from simple diaphragm mouth calls to finger-operated cedar boxes and tubular gobble imitators are at an all-time high in this state, according to the people who make and market them. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, In addition to other items include books plus audio and videotapes that demonstrate hunting and calling techniques and locator calls that simulate the sounds made by barred owls and crows. And of course, the camo clothing industry has also grown in the sales of shotguns and shells for hunting. Pennsylvania's most prized feather trophy is booming. Restaurants and motels in prime turkey hunting regions are also well aware of the economic benefits of Pennsylvania's burgeoning turkey populations. <laughs> this is in 1984. Yeah, that's almost 40 years ago, or 20, 20, uh, no, no, that's almost 40 years ago. It'd be, yeah. what, 30? 38, I think. Yeah, 38 years ago. Yeah. Ain't that crazy? Well, thinking, well to think about that made it in, like, the regular paper. Yeah, big news. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, there's another part of it that I screenshot. Where's that right there? Uh, talking about they were talking about along with these calls and stuff because there was a bunch of there was like a pretty big custom call scene in pennsylvania in that damn time particularly and one of these guys had written a book uh the 132 page soft cover book provides solid advice on the skills necessary to consistently score on wild turkeys along with biological and behavioral information uh and then it says get this if this don't show you a sign of the times it's available for six ninety five plus a dollar ninety two for state tax and postage and handling. <laughs> six ninety five. Yeah. Now, now it may cost you that to digitally download something. Yeah, you can't get it shipped to your house for that much. No, absolutely not. That's pretty cool there. I, I like just, finding that old school stuff. Yeah, it just kind of shows you how how far it came. Mm-hmm. I, back uh back then, I mean that's way before I was born in nineteen ninety, so that was six years before I was born. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's just how much it's grown and now it's just like if you want in in any kind of education on turkey hunting, I mean you can pretty much go to YouTube and yeah. put 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 in how to turkey hunt and you'll get so much information that your head will explode. Mhm. Yeah, it's uh uh, it's funny because uh i mean like you think about that now that th- i mean turkey hunting has become such a common thing that i mean that would never make it i i remember when i was little i remember the clarion ledger would have i don't even know if they i haven't looked at a newspaper in so long the clarion ledger may still have an outdoors section yeah it was on it was on sundays okay i had a i had a on the back page of the sports section mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember you could find some turkey hunt stories back then because I would read them every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But just to think about some form, like the, if you were, if somebody like wrote a turkey hunting educational book now, I don't think it'd be making it in any newspapers. No, no, probably not. But that's how people learned. Yeah. That had to have been like on the spike. I mean, I know a little bit more about Mississippi turkey history, but I imagine 
just with that timing too that's probably like one of the one of the first like significant spikes in popularity yeah for them to be notating like hotels are noticing an uptick in their business and all, and all that stuff no doubt and you know one of the things i remember uh on the, talking about newspapers is back i remember like i we talked we were talking about a couple of episodes ago like mm-hmm. our first turkey hunt or whatever mm-hmm. well when i shot my first turkey it got put in the newspaper. Oh, did it really? Oh, yeah. Like, they had a little <laughs> section in there, like a outdoor spotlight, you know, and if, yeah. you, if you, whatever, first deer, first turkey, you know, you your parents or whatever would send it into the newspaper and oh, yeah. did a little write-up. Man, that was, that was you talking about, like, feeling good about yourself, oh, like yeah. an accomplishment, and you made it in the in a newspaper on Wednesday. So. Yeah. I was, uh, I didn't get it in the newspaper. There was a magazine mississippi outdoors maybe mississippi something mississippi, miss, mississippi game and fish something like that that might have been it but it was the same kind it wasn't like i it wasn't like my first turkey made it in the magazine because i did anything special it was like the same kind of deal your parents like, said it if in. you submit it you get in there you know yeah the, but, the mississippi game and fish had a little like about a 15 or 20 people person yeah. pictures and kind of yeah. little it's like story. A, it's like a like the bragging board you would see it yeah at, at sporting goods store but i remember uh mom since she got the picture and you couldn't email it in so she had to go get a like a copy of like the physical printed out picture of me in this turkey mm-hmm. and mail that in with a written down like on paper written down what happened in that hunt and sent it in and then they which was nice of them because i, I we didn't have a subscription to it or anything but when you submitted something they would send you a copy of the issue you made it in yeah and so i got we got that copy sent to the house and i was like rifling through it and i found my picture i was like i made it in a magazine yeah yeah and then uh when we were younger didn't realize like yeah mom and daddy did that (laughs) (laughs) not that i did something special (laughs) yeah yeah and uh that that same year at the mississippi wildlife extravaganza that magazine had a booth and at their booth they had like all their issues from the past year laid out on the table and i saw it and i was like oh, i'm in one of those yeah. and i went and uh i was like rifling through it and i found my picture i was like look that's me and somebody else at the table was like yeah everyone makes it in there i was like what <laughs> <laughs> the little lakey's balloon was busted <laughs> i'm so proud I mean, we, I took my newspaper to church and stuff for people to read it. Showed it around. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a big deal. I went to school the next week. If you got pictures developed at Walmart, they would come. Man, there's going to be kids. There's going to be people listening to this. They're like, what in the world are they talking about? Look, children, in <laughs> in older times. It was the 90s Instagram. It was. It was. You, I mean, so we used to take rolls of film to walmart or eckerd's remember eckerd's oh yeah eckerd's drugstore and you would turn your roll of film in and they would call you when it was ready and you'd come get this like paper envelope and your envelope would be stuffed with like these physical printed out pictures and uh i we took a, i made mama take a bazillion pictures of that turkey i made keith take a bazillion pictures while we were out there <laughs> and uh so we get like I, it was like two envelopes worth stuffed with pictures of this one turkey that i was just so proud of and i showed up at school with it the next week and every 
classmate, every teacher, every person I saw walking down the halls. I was like, look at this picture of this turkey. Yeah. I got him. (laughs) No doubt. I am the man. Talking about Eckerd's, man, I won't never forget the first time I got a a trail camera, me and my dad, and uh, it was roll film then. Of Uh course, we had trouble trying to figure all that out. I'm trying to put, you put the film in, you know, just didn't know how to work a camera. I mean, it's kind of weird but uh anyway you put the roll of film in that camera and you know you put it over trail or whatever hope mm-hmm. hope it wouldn't tell you how many pictures it take or anything like that yeah. it just you got a roll of film in there and you take it out you take it to Eckerd's and mm-hmm. uh the first time we did it like it took a bunch of like pictures of like limbs moving and stuff yeah so it wasn't any deer on it so you just had printed out pictures of and, nothing and uh it was like a six dollars or something to get them all developed yeah and my dad got them pictures i bet he was upset and there wasn't no deer on there <laughs> he's like man I ain't doing this no more we ain't, we ain't getting anything developed take no pictures no no limbs so he's just rifling through pictures of just empty <laughs> grass and uh finally figured out like you know when they're developing the pictures they can kind of look through i guess the film or whatever and figure out what's on them before they actually develop them and you have to pay for the development mm-hmm. and you, when you go to eckerd's you'd have to tell them like look i want wildlife pictures only so then they would only charge you for the the pictures that actually had a squirrel or a raccoon whatever it had a picture of like See, actually had something in it this Eckerd's must have been in Scott County. Oh, yeah. Because we were not offered that same service. Oh, yeah. You like, tell it was them, like, you either want, get these pictures developed or you don't. We want these deer pictures off of here. So, the, the I don't know what you call the person that developed pictures. But anyway, they'd scope through them and figure out which ones had pictures of deer and not, then just develop those. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, like I said, we weren't offered the same. Uh, we had a, we had a Eckerd's and we had a Walmart and when my family moved Walmart became closer than Eckerd's so maybe by the time we got the trail cameras maybe we went to Walmart because I know Walmart didn't offer that the Eckerd's may have yeah yeah but yeah. that was that man that seems like forever ago it but, was but uh I mean think about it now I mean like we don't again we don't feel that old but I mean you start talking about the things we just been talking about it sounds ancient yeah and I mean just talking about like how fast everything moved forward to mm-hmm. think about that I mean 20 years ago you were if you did have a trail camera you had to go take the pictures to get developed it'd be like mm-hmm. three days and before they get developed you just had to sit there and wait on them if you had if it you, wasn't no pattern no deer like that if you had no you just knowing yeah. they were there yeah was, oh cool you know oh I mean and now like I, can, to your I can tell you what's been in front of the camera in 10 seconds from now, what's been there for the last 24 hours. Yeah. You know? And, uh, like, talking about taking pictures with deer, turkeys, and stuff, like, the camera that I had, I mean, I had it with me. I had to I had to beg Mama to let me take it. It was the one that took the turkey pictures with. Like I said, we had it. I had it shoved into one of my giant pockets on my two-pocket turkey vest. Mm-hmm. But it was one that you had to put two batteries in, a roll of film, and uh, when you snapped a picture, it would, I mean, you'd hear the shutter click and stuff and the flash may go off, but you didn't get to preview the picture. No, no. You don't know what it looks like. I, I always, uh, like, I had a camera, same way. Yeah. It was my, my hunting camera. Yeah. It was one of them from Eckerd's, like, that, the disposable camera. Yeah. You remember those? You oh, click yeah. it, and then you hear it, take a picture, and then charge. Yeah. <laughs> the, wait, the kind that had the winding button on them? Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 We used to get those and we'd go on trips and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
for sure. And you'd go to the store, and you'd shove the whole camera into a bag, and you'd write your name yep. on the back and a phone number for them to call you at. Yeah, for sure. I remember I used to be bad about just taking pictures of random stuff, and I'd get in trouble for using the camera Using the film? Up. Oh, yeah. You burned up all the film? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I always came a long way. <coughs> yeah. It does make me sound old. It makes both of us sound old. Trip down memory lane. <laughs> Eckerd's getting your trail camera pictures uh, developed. Yeah. I mean, th- I mean, really do think about it. I mean, like, I'm sitting here thinking, like me, because we put so much emphasis on photography and stuff. Yeah. If I was like, like, take, take Keith Polk's son, for example, Caleb. Mm-hmm. When he killed his first turkey, I was out there snapping pictures and i'm taking a picture and i'd look at it in the viewfinder checking everything checking the focus all that if i had to do that next this season and i had to use a camera and i didn't get to preview the picture i would be stressed oh yeah i'd be genuinely because i'm like i gotta know i gotta make sure i got it you know like i gotta make sure i got it how do i know if i got it or not i'm you may have never had this happen but i had several like deer or whatever like You'd get them developed, and like something's wrong with it. Yeah, like a big red spot in the middle big of the picture. Big red spot, or like there was sometimes there was there was some that like because I mean like the camera you either you had yes I want it to flash or no I don't you know, and there were several times where the flash would go off and it would make it would cause all kinds of haywire and you because I remember we would take some flash on flash off if it was those disposable cameras you'd put your finger over the flash if you wanted to make sure you got one without it. There's a lot going on. Yeah. No, no doubt. That's a good rabbit hole to go down. Yeah, brought back some old memories. <laughs> I ain't thought about Eckerd's in a real long time. And talking about like that same deal is like I had a little handy cam, like that's what I filmed a bunch of hunts on and stuff. And mm-hmm. it was a tape kind. Yeah. It had a little mini tape in it. And uh, I've got a bunch of tape somewhere. I need to go find. It's got all kinds of good stuff on it from back in the day hunting. We had a. Uh, me, Daniel Mahaffey, David Mahaffey, Jimmy Gentry, all of us decided it, it would have been today's terms. It would have been like us saying, we're going to start a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Our plan was, is Daniel had, he didn't, well, to say he had access is a bit of an overstatement. Daniel thought he could get the, like the same little home camera that, his parents would use to film Christmas morning with yeah. or, a, or a ball game that that Daniel knew he could thought he felt confident he could get that camera out of the house without his parents knowing <laughs> that was the that was the plan and so we have this little home camera that at the time you now, do you remember this you press a button and a little door pops open on the camera oh, yeah. and it's like a little bitty VHS tape yeah that's what I was talking about and you got to make sure you don't record over what you uh-huh. recorded earlier so you got to fast forward all the way to the end if you're going to mm-hmm. record something new yeah and uh our plan was is we were going to amass as many it didn't even it wasn't even necessarily a turkey video it was just we we was going to see how many good hunts we could get and we was going to get someone to put it on a DVD, and we were going to sell it at the Chevron in Brandon. <laughs> that was the plan. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one that sticks out in my mind right now is, like, I grew up, you know, working on a little farm and stuff over in Lake. Yeah. One of my jobs was to keep the pigeons out of the tractor barn. Ah. Well, during season or whatever, I go out there and shoot me some pigeons. I mean, I like eating them, too. Mm-hmm. But anyway... 
Just like a dove. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I remember. I can see. I can remember watching this video right now. We, me and my buddy Drew Evans. Yeah. We found a pigeon hunt out there, <laughs> and uh, it's one of the. I got like I need to go find that tape somewhere. It is. If if it's probably nothing like I remember it, but it was spectacular at the time. Like, you, you got some on. Camera, oh yeah, we got some. some we camera. got some impact shots and some yeah. shooting pigeons and yeah, it was, it was spectacular. Mm. Yeah. So. If I remember right, I think Jimmy was the only one that pulled together a turkey hunt on video that we were like, that's actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. The rest of them were awful <laughs> if anything or like there was no commitment to actually taking the camera or whole lot of nothing but we had like a like a daniel had an old mossy oak uh mossy oak breakup shirt that he that we draped over it and we cut a hole so the lens would pop through oh yeah the glory days man man yeah we had us a name what we were going to call it and i can't for the life of me i can't remember what it was but i'm pretty sure it would it was pretty cringy. Like if I said it, I'd probably like wince. Like, oh, that was bad. Yeah. But I can't remember what it was. We had us a name. Rankin County Mafia or something. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, probably equally as bad. <laughs> we were proud of it though, man. We was we was way ahead of the cart. Like we didn't have a we didn't even have a DVD yet. We was talking like we're gonna get some T-shirts made. Oh yeah. <laughs> Putting the whole brand together. <laughs> something, boy. Oh jeez. Yeah, but I, I like I get asked all the time, like, "Hey man, how how can I, you know, get a job doing what you're doing, that kind of thing?" And mm-hmm. just go out there and have fun with it. Yeah. You know, learn the basics, and you know, you don't ever know where to lead to. No. I do find like if you're going in a, I'm not gonna say it's easier because it's not. If anything, it's harder. But if you want to have like a, to me a more enjoyable filming hunt filming experience occurs during like turkey season yeah because it's not it's it's more fun and it's it is not filming a deer hunt is way easier but it's less stressful or whatever it is like you had this a lot of people that do it understand what i'm talking about like it's uh putting the camera around turkey hunting is not as uh strenuous i guess is trying yeah. to set up a deer hunt putting a car uh, it's easier as far that. as it's easier deer hunts easier as far as like once you get up in the tree then yeah or in the stand whatever it's a lot easier turkey hunting i mean like especially if if you're running around with your home camera just trying to have fun you can get a, it's not like you have to have a tripod it's better if you do yeah but you can like have a little bit of camera and rest it on your knee and i mean i've seen some of those come out pretty dang good you know yep now if someone's trying to actually get better at their filming then yeah, you need to do tripod and all that kind of stuff but I mean, with turkey hunting you know if it's you and the guy that's hunting or you and a couple of buddies it just makes for a more fun kind of environment because there's just turkey hunting just lends more social interaction because you're not just sitting in a tree trying to be quiet for three hours in one spot yeah exactly but yeah that is the everybody that that asks about the how to get a job in the hunting industry so to speak everybody that i know that is in the hunting industry nobody nobody seemed to got where they got the same way no <laughs> you know it's not like you go to school and get a cinematography degree and yeah. marketing degree and that just puts you there yeah. no, it's just usually like running into the right people at the right time and willing to do the right work to 
open doors yeah now these days i will say and it, it just fits with the times and things just getting more professional i have started to meet a few people that they're doing like freelance stuff or production type stuff and they mm -hmm. actually do have a background in that yeah now but you can you can find some work if you willing to run a camera for somebody you know and big on do do what it takes to get your door get the door open yeah yeah but it's still there's there's plenty of folks out there that just kind of find a way to put it together if they want it bad enough mm -hmm. but just like any industry if you if that's what you want to do you'll find a way to do it mm -hmm. just gotta be patient and be willing to work hard yep do the right things for sure but yeah uh florida florida and me and carter uh I went up there and Carter burned some trees the other day. Burnt some, burnt some leaves and pine straw. Dude, there's definitely. I've seen the last two years. Me and you talked about this last year. Mm -hmm. Saw a huge movement to people burning their woods. Yep. It's already doubled that. I feel like this year. The, uh, last year when I was seeing it, I feel like like I saw a bunch of it happen in February. I saw a good bit of it happen like during turkey season. Yeah. Um. And it may have a lot to do with we've had outstanding burning weather for the last week in the south. We've had fantastic burning weather, and then there's just there's been an uptick in the amount of education that's out there. You yeah. know, like I said, for a while, there's been a lot of, you, you're talking about now all this information at your fingertips on YouTube, how to turkey hunt. There hasn't been as much out there about burning and that, that trapping practices all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. you know but there's been a like a growing hunger for that kind of information and so i mean yeah when we talked about that last year that's how we ended up having um marcus lashley on the podcast right. he was like the the guy like if you have a question about burning and what it does and why it does it and why it's good and timing uh marcus is the guy i mean probably gonna have him on again this spring at some point just because he'd like you know, if at any point you go, well, we've, you know, we've gotten all the information out of him that we can get. No, you haven't. Like, There's always something. <laughs> and that dude's on the, like, on the cutting edge, so to speak. He's always figuring more stuff out. Yeah, it's, uh, I love seeing it because we were talking about this. I don't know if we talked about it on podcast or just me and you in conversation a few oh, weeks man. ago about moving the needle. Yeah. And it starts pretty much with private landowners because yeah. just in Mississippi and Alabama, it's only just a small percentage of public land versus, you know, the total acreage of right. recreational yeah. tracks in the state. Yeah. Well, that's how you move a needle. Yeah. You know, that's how the needle's starting to move. I yeah. see it. Yeah. And it's definitely, well, I start, I saw people burning in the fall, man. Yeah. Which is what, I mean, one of the biggest things Dr. Lashley talked about is that it's, I mean, he said, I'm, I'm not telling people not to burn in the spring like absolutely you should he said i'm just telling you that that's not the only time that you can burn and benefit right. what you've got and you chipper know? has been doing that for a few years uh, brad's partner dude chipper you want dude, you want to talk to somebody that like they'll get fired up you start talking to chipper about burning and trying to get his place which i mean i think it's i mean who knows why i can't speak for him but i know chipper was uh I mean, I, I, if, if from the outside looking in, I, I, all I know is is that dude. I mean, like, he knows his stuff on deer. Mm -hmm. I think this like intensive and focused turkey management stuff is is. I don't know if it's new or if it's like a newer sparked interest. I I don't know, but like that dude gets fired up about some turkey management stuff, mm -hmm. and he does stuff that I just hadn't thought about. But yeah, he he burned his place in the fall. Yeah. 
He's been doing that for several years now, and uh, not just, I mean, it's not extremely for turkeys or just, you know, for one species, but he's realizing how much benefits he's getting for his deer, mm -hmm. and it creates early season nesting habitat and a lot of different things. Yeah. Well, it's like a, I was watching, it was actually a meat eater episode, um, and they were talking about, say, they were talking specifically about sage grouse, but they were talking about, and the guy said, you know, a lot of times, uh, he was talking about a farmer that got on the same page with them and this like conservation effort they was doing. He said, what's good for the bird is good for the herd. Yeah. And that's pretty, that, that translates over pretty dang accurately with wild turkeys and wild quail. Like all this stuff goes hand in hand. Yeah. And it's, it's, it is, I noticed that too. I was like, man, everybody's burning. Yeah. How awesome is that? You that's know? That's awesome. Um, yeah, you and Carter wouldn't burn. How mm -hmm. much did y'all burn? He did a lot more than I did. I was only I was at the house. I was working on tax stuff, and I saw he was burning. I was like, I'm coming up there. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta get Just out of the house. Yeah, you to, yeah. He uh, he burned. I don't know a good bit at his place. Yeah. So it's it was, fun to do oh yeah well, that's really fun especially when you got that drip torch just walking and putting a line behind you and five minutes later you kind of see what's happening and the, you go back and scratch up the dirt you're like oh yeah i need to i'm finding a guy sent me a message i'm trying to find it as we speak it was because you know we were talking about that long leaf alliance mm -hmm. um a guy reached out from Mississippi because I was saying, you know, like, I don't know if we have anything like that in Mississippi. I'm actively trying to find where that message is. I'll find it here in a second. Uh, there it is. Um, on the topic of prescribed burning and what you're talking about with the MFC, what you brought up, you, you brought up the MFC. Uh, the, this guy is a technician there. He said they have prescribed burn manager courses several times throughout the year, open to the general public so people can go to, as well as several cost share programs where we can do burns for your private lands. Mm -hmm. uh, and he asked if we could give a shout out about that. A hundred percent, absolutely, we can give a shout out about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's the Mississippi Forestry Association. Yeah, MFC Forestry Commission. Commission. Yeah. Uh, so again. They have prescribed burn manager courses several times throughout the year, um, open to the general public. I'm sure there's some sort of registering process or something like that. I gotta find out when I want to go. I do as well. Would like to go. Yeah. Um, I love that stuff. Yeah, several times throughout the year, open to the general public. Uh, people can go to as well as they have. This is this was interesting. They have several cost share programs where we can come and do burns on your private land. So. I mean, there's several instances where either where either of those things could work for you. Like if an individual, whoever's out there listening, if you yourself want to learn how to do it, you can go to these programs and, you know, get certified to be able to do it. Or if you're like in a situation where your ground that you're hunting's a long, long way away and you're not, you know, certified to be able to do so, you can get involved. You can check into one of these cost share programs possibly and, uh, you know, see if you, I mean, there's still ways to get this done. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is interesting. Heck yeah. Um, but thank you. Uh, the guy's name is Clark that sent that in. Thank you for, for highlighting that. Cause like I said, it's, it's definitely become, I got, I had a guy send me a message of him burning. He's a buddy of mine that I've known for a long time, but I've never, I mean, he may have always burned and just not sent me a picture of it, but he sent me a picture this weekend. He was out burning. Mm-hmm. 
good stuff. Smooth the needle, boys. Smooth the needle. And girls. And girls. A lot of girls that like to burn too. I suppose so. But yeah, it can't it can't get here soon enough. The more we talk about it, the more eager I get for it to get here. But man, yeah, so once the party in Florida starts, it only just goes from there. Well, I've been trying to map out our spring and it's How's that gone? Does it look good? I like I like what I got. <laughs> I like it. Man, man, man. Uh, you got anything else to add? I can't think of anything right now. We'll uh, continue this in part two. Yeah, continue it in part two. Um, again, fellas, this upcoming Wednesday, Rick's Cafe in Starfield, 6 to 8 p.m. Come hang out, talk turkeys, win some cool stuff. And, yeah, we'll uh, sign off here for this week. Hope you all enjoy the conversation. As always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.